Cornstruck with Clark and Alyssa. Uh, seriously, this this spine is gonna break. I'm like afraid to read with it because, because you're just worried that it's gonna yeah, just it's, pull it's apart. just gonna fall apart at some point. How many times have you read this book? Um, how many times have I read this book? I would guess ten times. Ten times. I would conservative guess. It hmm. might be more than that. Hmm. Interesting. So I read it the first time, and then I read it leading up to every book release after that. <laughs> you just kind of read through all of them every time? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So. So you probably saw the werewolf thing coming a mile away. <laughs> yeah, 14-year-old me did not pick up on anything like that. 14-year-old oh. me did not know what was going on. Yeah, 14-year-old me probably would have. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably would have been a bit clueless, too. But nope, I know my Latin. Lupin the Werewolf, which uh, is one of the many things we're going to talk about in today's episode, uh, where we're talking about chapters 9 and 10 mm-hmm. of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm. Should we get to it, I guess? Yeah. All right. Tell me about chapter 9. Which is the Grim Defeat. In which Grim is not defeated. Go on. It, it's the <laughs> n- double entendre. <laughs> okay. Um, The whole school sleeps in the Great Hall as the teachers search for Sirius Black. And after that, the teachers escort Harry everywhere. Gryffindor plays Hufflepuff in Quidditch, and Harry falls off his broom and ends up in the hospital wing when the Dementors appear on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And Hermione shows us that there is an impervious spell for glasses. Yeah, she saves the day. Mm -hmm. Like, why did no one think to do that on all their robes? (laughs) All their robes, all their brooms, all their all their Everything. peoples. Yeah, yep. It just seemed like this is a little too localized, there, Hermione. Yeah, that's that's the problem with magic, where it's like, well, why does he need glasses in the first place? All that, you know, it just. I wonder if everything, mm-hmm. if if every part of him was impervious, mm-hmm. would he be unable to catch the snitch? Why would he be unable to, I guess? Because it would repel things. Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Maybe that's why. Could be. Could be. She thought of that. Uh, (laughs) So this is another chapter about Quidditch. I guess it had to happen eventually, right? But like, uh, yeah, it's about Quidditch. But as far as observing Quidditch, there's like none of that. That's true. Because you can't see anything. That's true. (laughs) Your awareness is as narrow as Harry's, which is like a foot around his head at most. And he like almost is taken out by a bludger many, many times. And like runs into people and can't even tell if they're his people or Hufflepuffs. And so it's like, oh, that's a nightmare of a game. I played a couple of softball games growing up that were like this. Mm -hmm. And it's just miserable. What? I know they don't cancel for anything, but why didn't they cancel for that? I don't know, but then again, Featherfall spell, so (laughs) there's a line for everything, and just for some reason... We finally got a Featherfall. All it took was Harry falling this time. Not the other times, not all the other other people falling, but nope, this time Harry got a a Featherfall spell. Do you think they would have canceled, like they would have forfeited or rematched or something if Cedric Diggory hadn't 
caught the snitch because they had dementor interference. No. It seems like Quidditch, they don't stop for anything. Like, it it took Harry out, yeah, but if if Diggory hadn't caught the snitch, they would have played for hours and hours and hours until he did. Sounds like it. Quidditch seems like that time of game. They'll play for weeks. I... They would they would wait for Harry to be in the hospital wing getting better and they'd just be playing the whole time. I don't disagree with that, but the fact that, that the game was interfered with by Dementors coming on the field. Yeah, that is like, a bit tricky. That to me says maybe they would forfeit and rematch. So I feel like they'd say that affects everyone equally. So we're back to uh if everyone is affected equally, then But it doesn't affect everyone equally. It affects yeah. Harry more. I don't, and that's the thing, too, is, is Slytherin was able to bail out on it because of their Seeker's arm was hurt. But if their Seeker's arm was hurt during the game... Not Seeker, sorry. Well, no, no, yeah, Seeker. Yeah, Seeker. But if the Seeker's hurt during the game, do they get to call it off? No. Okay, just just before the game. I don't, th- I don't think so. Because, mm. like... Well, I guess we've only ever seen Harry get injured, like, in the last attempt. Yeah. And... He gets injured in every book, though. Yeah, but it's all well. No, the the first the first book he didn't get injured. What? He swallowed the snitch. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, I guess it depends on how you define injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But hmm. but then when he breaks his arm, that's that's in the final oh, grab. Yeah. So they didn't stop the the game. The game was over because he caught the snitch. Do you think the snitch has like a delectable nougat? On the inside? Hmm. Maybe it's just a chocolate ball floating around up there. I think it definitely has a lemon drop in there because this is Dumbledore's field. <laughs> this is Dumbledore's field. Uh, I saw a YouTube video of people who took a Cadbury egg and scooped all the cream filling out and cracked a raw egg in there and they gave it to their friend and he ate it and they laughed at him and it was pretty funny. That sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah. Fondant is 10 times superior to raw egg. Yeah. Never... <laughs> eat an unwrapped candy that your friends gave you that you didn't see them unwrap it that especially should just be a if they have that smile on their face <laughs> yeah. that one and it's like a cadbury egg which is notorious for having something inside of it that could have been anything they're he's lucky it was just a raw egg if we're being honest what did they did they like take a match and like melt it so that it like closed again or how do they you just kind of handed it to him with it kind of pressed together they he, he really tricky yeah i don't really feel bad for that guy <laughs> yeah gullible <laughs> like, <laughs> The three In other some friends ways, before he was were asking like, for it by not being aware. Yeah, not trying to by not you know, questioning, not trying to victim blame. But your friends come out of the kitchen laughing with a <laughs> with a Kinder egg. Eh, maybe not eat it. <laughs> same rules apply to Wonder Wonder Balls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, that's enough Quidditch talk for me. Unless you have something really. Uh, well, I guess we do need to talk about the Dementors and all the Dementors coming on the field. Yeah, and well, right before the Dementors come on the field, Harry sees something in the stands. He sees the Grim. Is it the Grim? Yeah, it's probably Lupin trying to catch a sneak. Mm. <laughs> we know he's in werewolf form because he's gone because Snape's cheap teaching the class. Uh, only thing is, if if when Harry sees the Grim, it's actually Lupin, then why would Lupin be outside of the Dursleys' house by the night bus? That makes no sense. So maybe there is a Grim and a werewolf. Maybe the Grim is the werewolf. I don't think Lupin would be in the stands, though. I think if Lupin wanted to catch some Quidditch, he'd probably know better than to go in the stands where there's, like, a lot of people. He'd probably be, you know, 
playing do you think, it cool. Do you think he has that cognitive control when he's a werewolf? What do you think the werewolf rules are in this world? Well, like fully controlled and astute and analytical. Probably feral. So, so why would a ma- feral animal care about Quidditch? <laughs> well, maybe similarly to the Dementors mm. who showed up at the Quidditch match because they were hungry. He could be showing up there because there's lots of people. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that. It it could be that. Yeah. Who knows? It could be the Grim too. Um Do you think do you think the concept of the Grim mm-hmm. if a person sees the Grim, is that like a tangible thing that more more people can see? Or is that something that like if Harry saw the Grim, it would just live in Harry's mind? I think if it is the Grimm, it's just in Harry's mind, for sure. I think it's one of those specters that only you can see if you've been afflicted with whatever brought the Grimm into your life. Yeah. Or maybe, like, maybe Trelloway. Is that her name? Trelawney. Trelloway. That's how I always Same read difference. it. <laughs> if only Trelawney. Is that it? Trelawney. Trelawney. Yeah. If she was there, maybe she could sense it because she's tuned into that sort of thing I doubt you. no way she's at a quidditch match <laughs> yeah no way she's there yeah so i don't know could be a grim could be lupin drawn to the game there's a couple dog characters in this thing but if it is lupin then was it lupin at the dursleys because that doesn't make any sense really um, doesn't it why would he be just in some random neighborhood who knows who knows maybe he's i don't know who knows uh We'll see. I, I, for one, want to hear from the fat lady because Word. Peeves told us, hey, it was totally black. But, like, what does Peeves know? I want to hear from the fat lady because if she just said, oh, I have no idea what happened. There's just this thing and it was just, ah, and I ran away. It could be a werewolf. It could be black. I, I'm thinking black seriously might not be in Hogwarts at all. Like, he might not be anywhere. I mean, I'm sure he's around, but I don't think he got into the building. Because, I mean, Hermione gave all sorts of reasons why he couldn't be there. She said, oh, yeah, this whole conversation, uh, which, again, this chapter affirmed a lot of things, thankfully. But there are, like, wards around Hogwarts. Like, they're protective wards and barriers saying you can't disguise to get in, you can't apparate in. Which I think we knew most of that. I think a lot of that was laid Okay, it has been laid in, out. In Sorcerer's Stone. But I don't think we okay. touched on it at all in in chamber of secrets okay yeah so it's been a while since we've talked yeah. about it but it is nice to know that um and then dumbledore said something about how there's no way the dementors would come in as long as he's there or he said there's no way black would come in dumbledore said something as soon as he's or, as long as he's there nothing's gonna come in he, I, he talks like that a lot no, I don't think he said Sirius Black wouldn't. I think he said the Dementors would not enter Hogwarts as long as he is headmaster. Okay, so he's That's saying he that said. he's going to see to it that it doesn't happen. Not that they're, like, scared of him. No, he's he's like, they want in, and he has ordered them absolutely not. Mm. And, it was, and Fudge has said before, or was it? I don't I It might not have been before. It might have been this chapter, actually, that, like, it, it took a lot of effort to get Dumbledore to consent to even having the Dementors there. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So he's not he's not a fan of the Dementors, and neither is Madame Pomfrey. Um, 
But I want to go back a little bit to the fat lady because I have an interesting thought. Okay. So we haven't heard from the fat lady. Nope. I imagine if your painting gets slashed, the subject gets injured. Uh... Is there a portrait hospital wing that she is in? (laughs) Right now she's getting treated by some ancient Greco-Roman nurses. Yeah. So Uh... has she gone to the apothecary and and she's... (laughs) And that's that's why we can't hear from her now. Is Very she well being nursed be. back to health in another painting? <laughs> could be. It's probably that painting's probably in the nurse's room too. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Whatever. Yeah, Madame Pomfrey's like personal, mm-hmm. like chamber or office or whatever has like all the past Hogwarts, like nurses <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and for all their advice because i'm sure they have advice to deal with weird things that students do oh yeah i'm sure <laughs> puking up slugs let him suffer it's his own fault or eat a lot <laughs> like, of salt did Ew. someone paint a painting with a bunch of empty hospital beds and then like hang it on the wall in hogwarts knowing like this is where you go <laughs> <laughs> these are important questions Lisa. i want to know <laughs> It's great. Hmm. And like you don't want those beds occupied in that painting cuz like you're going to have patients. Yeah, yeah, so, so you have to paint empty beds. Like paint a nurse who is waiting for patients. I'm just curious about the art process in general. Like how is one bringing new life into this world or are they capturing old life? Is there uh are these existing characters or are these fictional characters? Yeah, do they do, do hmm. you bring the same living possibility to people created from the mind versus actual people painted so like if i paint clark's portrait Mm -hmm. and then if i make up a person and paint their portrait are they the same do that do they have the same capability well it depends on if living i think depends on if they're following the same rules as like the trading cards too is it like you know the um some some native american tribes Mm. believe that uh, or believed at one point that if you take a picture of someone, it steals part of their soul. Oh, yeah, I've heard that about African tribes too. Um, it could be. Is that there's <laughs> this like co opting that <laughs> cultural belief into paintings on Hogwarts wall? I have no idea. I love this rabbit hole. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, back to Dumbledore and the Dementors. Um, so there, there's like this giant sleepover in the mm-hmm. Great Hall, which is pretty fun, right? Um, my question for you, because Dumbledore comes in at one point mm-hmm. and talks with Percy mm-hmm. and gives Percy kind of a lot of information in a pretty public place. Yeah, he trusts him. But in a pretty public place. <laughs> <laughs> and then Snape comes in and... Snape, like, tries really hard to, with his body language, convey, like, I really don't want to be talking about this in public. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, can we talk about the fact that maybe somebody let him in? Like, I'm going to, like, with my body, mm-hmm. cl- you know, block off Percy, but Percy's nosy as I'll get out, so he will not be blocked off. Mm. But to talk about Snape's concerns at the be- at the beginning of the term. Mm-hmm. But all of this is in a very public place, regardless of the fact that it's three in the morning and kids are supposed to be sleeping. They've got to know. It's a school-wide sleepover in the Great Hall. <laughs> like, someone's awake in there. It's so silly. So, my question for you, is that intentional? Are they having that conversation in a public place for a reason? Or 
Is Dumbledore not concerned about that, that information getting out to students? I I think he's not concerned. And part of it, too, is just the author's dilemma. Like, we needed to hear this conversation. So how else do you get it to us? Uh, I think, yeah, it, I don't know. Like, you'd Easy. think... Harry, like, gets up to go to the bathroom. They could. Um... I don't know. It's tricky. It seems like he's being pretty, pretty open about it. It seems like if Dumbledore didn't want people to hear, he would have stepped out. It's as simple as that. Like, yeah, if they wanted it to be private, they would have made it private. He didn't for whatever reason. Um, though, I mean, if Sirius Black was around and Dumbledore is saying like, yeah, we're going to have a teacher check hourly, then like all he would have to do is like wait for the teacher to check. And he's like, cool, I have an hour <laughs> to do like whatever I need to do. Um... So I want to talk a little bit about um, Snape teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts, just for your class session. That was, a, a, I, I thought that was a pretty important part of this chapter. Because Snape, she's really, Joanne's got to do something to make this guy likable eventually. Like, I know, I know she will, or at least help us understand him a little bit better. Because right now, like, he, there's nothing to like about this guy. Nothing. Same with Malfoy. I feel like I say this every time those two appear. I'm like, these guys, like, there's no depth of character because the character is just bad, grumpy. Like, every time we see Malfoy, he's laughing at Harry or he's doing something like it's his sole existence is to just be this heckling little troll thing that's just like always, always laughing at someone or making fun of someone. Like, that's not a character. That's just a, like, that's just a thorn in a shoe. That's, that's nothing. Like, if you're that predictable and you're that consistently bad and annoying and aggressive or whatever, I just start tuning him out. I'm like, Malfoy, got it. I know I know everything he's going to say, everything he's going to do. No surprises. And it's kind of that way with Snape now, too. Where it's like, yep, Snape, he's going to come in, be a total dick about everything. Including like, oh, oh, this, oh, this professor is so bad. Oh, first year should know how to encounter water demons. And it's just like, bro, like, be a person. Again, like when I said like, why is he getting so worked up about all these kids? And he's so focused on these kids and he's so angry by these kids. And it's just like, get a life, man. That's how I was with this class too. I'm like, get over it. Not your class. Like deal with it. <laughs> so I'm going to play devil's advocate because mm. that's my job. Uh huh. Um, whenever. Okay. So imagine a job that you want mm -hmm. and you get it for a day and you've been watching it done wrong in your mind mm -hmm. for years, maybe. Mm -hmm. And it's finally your chance to get to do it right. Yeah. A lot of people I know, like when when I got my uh, first job here, um, I came in with a lot of like, why don't you do this this way? Mm. Why don't you do this this way? Yeah. And it manifested with me in a, in a lot of questions of why is it done this way? Why is it done this way? And then I would offer my highly uh, hmm. valuable opinion of, well, mm -hmm. I think it should be this way. <laughs> uh -huh. This doesn't make much sense. But then with the context of doing the job for months or years even, some of those systems make more sense because out of the context of training or that one day dropping in, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't seem like the best system. And I feel like Snape has been watching from the outside mm -hmm. and 
has that same arrogance of someone who's just taking over. And he's already pretty arrogant and always already believes that he should have this job. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, finally, finally, I get to control defense against the dark arts. Let's do this. (laughs) And, and he just wants to correct things that he's seen done wrong for years. You're not making me like this guy anymore. No, I'm not. I'm not arguing (laughs) for liking him. I'm arguing for understanding him. No, I get it. But in my mind, it's like, okay, so a married couple gets divorced. One of them gets custody because, like, apparently, whatever, clearly on paper, they're better qualified to be parents. And it's like the other parent gets custody for, like, one weekend a month, and then he spends that whole weekend talking crap about the more responsible one who's better at the job, and that's why she got the kids. It's like, no, that just makes you a dirtbag. Enjoy your time with the thing. Enjoy your time with your kids. Enjoy your time instead of spending the whole time just being like, grumble, 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 grumble. This other person sucks. And it's like, well, you know what? It's yours now for this one little day. Just enjoy it. Just teach it. Just just don't be a jerk about it. That's an imperfect metaphor because he was never uh, a a, a lawful parent to begin with of that class. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that's about like the whole like. The attitude's similar. But like. In that fr- in that situation, it's frustrating. Of like, you could have had it if you'd done certain things better. Yeah, I don't think that's the case for Snape. That he could have had it if he'd done things better. Yeah. Anyway, maybe if his attitude had been different. Maybe I just don't like the guy. Snape but anyway, just, Snape just is not a full character yet, and I know he will be eventually. Because we have to care about him at some point, and they're not going to give him this many pages if we're not supposed to care about him at some point. She is making us wait a long time. Just even to for understand a him. glimpse of humanity, a glimpse of something that isn't. He even like glared down Dumbledore at one point, like after that conversation that they had where Snape was trying to let on that maybe Lupin was behind letting Sirius Black in, and Dumbledore is like, "Nope, end of conversation." And Snape like glared at him, and I'm like. Okay, buddy, like, if you're glaring at Dumbledore and at Harry and at everybody else, like, you're you're going to get yourself in trouble here soon. You can't just glare at Dumbledore and talk crap about all the other teachers and, and stick around. I don't know. I think he can in some ways. Dumbledore's pretty ineffable. Yeah. he Stuff just rolls off him. I guess. Well, Snape's going to kill him anyway, so. And, and Dumbledore's over here like... Like, yeah, I mean, he's he he teaches potions well, and yeah, he's loyal. He tells me things. He speaks his mind, which people in power need someone to speak their mind. What? In contrary, no, yeah, not in this country. <laughs> Maybe in the UK. We all must mm. consent. Mm. <laughs> Rest in peace, Sally Yates. So, uh, <laughs> what else? Um, I would like to go back to that that thing that you mentioned where Snape suggests mm-hmm. that he imag- that he thought something like this might happen. Yeah. He doesn't what did, what does he say? Oh, he's definitely talking about Lupin. For sure. Cuz he says uh, shared concerns beginning of the semester. It seems almost impossible that Black could have entered the school without inside help. I did express my concerns when you appointed, and then Dumbledore cuts him off. He's like, mm, everyone in this castle is good. None yeah. of them would have helped him. Mm. 
Where do you think that suspicion came from? Jealousy. Uh, he's been jealous of plenty of other people. Yeah, but of course he's trying to undermine the person whose job he wants. Um, oh, so you think he's planting a false seed and knows he is? No, I, I think that he is legitimately concerned about Lupin. I mean, Lupin's a liability. He's a werewolf. They know he's a werewolf. They know that he spends all his time wandering off in forests and stuff like that. Part, I think, in my mind, my my headcanon, and, and I think I explained this, but um, Lupin is interested in the dark arts because he spends a lot of time around dark arts-related stuff. He spends a lot of time wandering around forests and trying to figure out stuff and antidotes and trying to understand what he is and why that matters. And I think he sympathizes with those things that are considered evil because he is one. And I think he sees that like, no, 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 these things aren't, these things are misunderstood. And part of the problem is education. And yeah, people call these things demons and stuff like that because they they don't understand, you know, it's like, we don't call, well, some people do, but we don't call snakes evil because they can attack humans and stuff like that. It's like, nope, they're just, they're carnivores. They're these things. They're wild animals, but we don't, you know, we don't call them demons. And the same thing with these Grindylous and all these other things. And and I think Lupin sees it that way. He's like, no, people, people cast these things off as being evil, terrible things, even vampires and stuff like that. And he's like, no, like werewolves aren't always evil. Like we're cool. And like, not everything has to be like that. Uh, so I think maybe he sympathizes with the, the dark side a bit more because he's kind of a part of it. So do you think Snape thinks that Lupin might be a sympathizer with Voldemort? Um, could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, makes sense, right? Like, Just like you are werewolf, therefore could be a death eater yeah a lot of prejudice against werewolves a lot of prejudice against anything they don't understand um especially when you're looking for reasons you know looking for things against a person like he would for the person whose job he wanted but i'm also trying to think of who else was appointed to what i don't know who else has been appointed to positions in this book appointed to and then he got cut Hagrid. off Hagrid. oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Hagrid could have helped him. Come to think of it. I didn't even think about that. Thanks, Alyssa. <laughs> yeah, Hagrid totally could have done an inside job, especially because there's all that suspicion with the spider. And they think that they let... I guess he was expelled for, in their mind, letting an evil thing in. Um, yeah, could be Hagrid, too. Good call. Either you're false flagging me or you totally let on to something that you didn't need to. You asked a straight question. I gave a straight answer. Anyone else? Anyone else? <clears throat> Percy was uh, appointed as head boy. <laughs> oh, public enemy number one mm-hmm, right there. Mm-hmm, totally. Oh, Percy's, snap. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, Hagrid, good contender. Good call. Uh, who else? I think that's it. Those are the only two new teachers at the beginning. And actually, both of them are about as equally sus. So, yeah, yeah. It could be Hagrid. could be, uh, yeah, cool. Could it be both? Eh, nah. <laughs> nah. Maybe the werewolf in the stand is just Hagrid. He just hadn't shaved in a while. For all we know. It's Fang. He hasn't been trimmed. <laughs> 
I still like the idea that Fang is just a wild boar, not a boarhound. <laughs> I'm sticking with that headcanon every time I see Fang. I'm like, it's a big wild boar. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Hmm. Anything else? Uh, oh, the Nimbus got destroyed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I see there's a chapter coming up called the Firebolt. So, uh... <laughs> Chekhov's Firebolt coming in strong. <laughs> coming it. in hot. Coming in hot. <laughs> Somehow he's going to get get him a Firebolt. How's it going to happen? He's, he's either going to buy it or it's going to get gifted to him by Sirius Black. <laughs> <laughs> but is it Sirius Black? <laughs> is it? Maybe it's his dad. Uh, we find out a whole bunch of stuff about Sirius Black in the next chapter, though. Yeah. So but before that... Favorite quotes. Favorite quotes. Yeah. What's your favorite quote, Clark? Uh, mine is mine is my favorite because it is page 181. Talking about Harry falling, right? And, uh... Okay, so Harry's falling. And you know, I've ranted on about this whole feather fall thing. And as I kick the table here, uh, this whole... Featherfall, Quidditch thing. Why isn't that a thing? Why isn't that a thing? No Featherfall. Just make it so when they fall, they don't die. Is that so much to ask for, right? Finally, we see a little hint of that on page 181. What What I really want before you go through with this, mm-hmm. I want you to like add a sound effect of like thunder <laughs> when, when the Featherfall happens. Okay, okay. <laughs> Can you make my dreams come true, Clark? Yeah, like the Hall & Oates song, You Make My Dreams Come True. Yeah. We'll do it. Uh, Let's see. Dumbledore was really angry, Hermione said in a quaking voice. Ooh, quaking. (laughs) Dumbledore was really angry. (laughs) It was terrifying. I've never seen him like that before. He ran onto the field as you fell, waving his wand, and you sort of slowed down before you hit the ground. Then he whirled his wand at the Dementors, shot silver stuff at them. Maybe lightning. Yes. Because there's thunder. And, uh... Shot some silver stuff at them. They left the stadium right away. He was furious. They come off the grounds. We heard him, and then she got cut off, which is uh, too bad because I wanted to hear what he, uh, what they heard him do or say. Yeah, what, that would have been nice, right? It, it seemed I couldn't tell if like Ron cut him off, cut her off, because she was gonna say something that would bother nope, Harry, Ron. or if Ron just got too excited and like, you've talked too much, woman, my turn. <laughs> like, I think based on everything we've seen of Ron and how much, how rude he is to Hermione and how little he cares about her talking, probably that. I'm going with that. He's notorious for just being like, you talk too much. Stop that. You talk too much, you read too much, you exist too much. I want to have your babies. On that note, mm-hmm. I have two favorite quotes. Oh. And one of them really well piggybacks off of that statement oh awesome on page 172 oh ron defends hermione to snape yeah when she's like trying to tell him like hello like we've learned so much and i've done the work and you're asking a question but you don't want an answer and Mm. i'm answering the question because you're asking it and then you're shaming us for not knowing it when i know it and Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. and ron Stands up for her and says, you asked us a question and she knows the answer. Why ask if you don't want to be told? Yeah. And I, that moment happened and I was like, yeah, 
get it, Ron. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, defend your friend. Like, and and call Snape out on his crap because that's terrible teaching. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to shame them for not meeting expectations. It's another to shame them for expectations that have not been presented. Yeah, yeah, it's it's poor teaching. Mm-hmm. So that's one of them, and then I have a second one, and it's on page one seventy four. Mm. And it's just a simple line, and I love it. It's very telling about how Quidditch works. Quidditch matches weren't called off for trifles like thunderstorms. <laughs> it's a mere trifle. Eh, that trifle. Eh. Lightning that could kill you. Though, I... Okay, question. I, I know that airplanes get struck by lightning because they're metal and they're in the clouds. They get struck by lightning, it's fine. They're built for that. Uh, but... For the most part, my understanding was you're more likely to get struck by lightning if you're on the ground because that's where the lightning comes starts at. I know something about if you watch like lightning in slow motion, it like looks as if it's coming out of the ground because it makes contact with the ground and then the bolt works its way out from there, kind of. Lightning starts with the clouds, pretty sure. Mm. Not positive. I think really it's really bad at science over here. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about lightning where I swear if it's striking something on the ground, it like looks as though it's coming from the ground because that's where the circuit is completed. And then it works its way from where the circuit is completed back up. Kind of listeners. If you know, help us out, please. How, if you're on a broomstick, how does lightning work? <laughs> well, more, more so to get to my point. If you're on a broom flying, not touching the ground, are you more or less likely to get hit by lightning than if you were on perhaps standing on a hill on the ground holding your broomstick up? Like, are you more likely to get hit because you're closer to the clouds? Or are you less likely to hit because you're not grounded? I will say that once upon a time, I was peaking a mountain in Montana. Mm-hmm. And we were on the peak. Mm-hmm. And it was stormy weather. And we should not have been there. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> and I went and had some uh, someone holding my camera and I was like take a picture of me and I stuck my hands up in the air and they're like hallelujah arms stretched like isn't uh-huh. it a beautiful place and my hands sizzled whoa and I pulled my hands down and I went we are leaving right now your hands sizzled <laughs> they sizzled from the electricity in the air <laughs> that's that's pretty cool it was terrifying I have some words for that that I have to censor but that is that is oh that's awesome <laughs> that's real cool I uh maybe uh put the lives of my campers in danger that day it was not good but then we dealt with it very well and mm-hmm. everything was fine and we got out of the rain and the hail that came right after that just cool. in time i've never descended a mountain faster <laughs> yeah rain's very good for that <laughs> it wasn't even raining on us it was the like fear of lightning and we were way above the tree line and it was like oh. mm, this is like, we need to get to the tree line because we cannot be the tallest thing around. Yeah, no, no. Bad call. Yeah. So, so anyway, anyway please uh, tweet us. Are you more or less likely to get hit by lightning if you are flying on a broom than also, if you were on the ground? Please tweet us if you've been struck by lightning because I would love to hear your story. Oh, dude, if there is a listener that has been struck by lightning, we please, please tell us your story. Please. We'll share Contact it on here, though. Word struck. <laughs> At WordstruckPod? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so chapter 10. Chapter 10. Chapter 10 is the Marauder's Map. Ah. And 
I'm so glad that we came to this chapter because there's so much groundwork that you now know. Mm. Um, in this chapter, Lupin, Lupin agrees to give Harry anti-dementor lessons. <laughs> and on the last day of term, Harry gets the Marauder's Map from Fred and George. Mm-hmm. He takes a passageway to Honeydukes and meets Ron and Hermione. And then they head to the three broomsticks and eavesdrop on the Minister of Magic and learn about Sirius Black and how he was the Potter's secret keeper. Yeah. There's a, a lot of exposition in this chapter. The exposition is strong with this This chapter one. like exists for exposition and setting stuff up for the future. That's like all this chapter is for. Uh, is this a chapter where you said that there's a whole segment that doesn't matter? Or not that it doesn't matter, but you don't understand why it's there. No, that was the last chapter. When Peeves wakes Harry up before mm-hmm. the match, and it's like... Yeah, he just kind of wanders. There's there's nothing nothing that happens because of it. He wakes up early because Peeves is blowing in his ear, and then he, like, has anxiety about the game. Mm-hmm. And he, like, kicks Crookshanks out of the corridor to mm-hmm. the boys' dorm and then goes to the game. Yep, yep. <laughs> My only thought Weird for chapter. that would be, like, Joanne wanted him more tired so he'd be more likely to pass out with the Dementors. But there's no callback to it. Yeah, no. So, there, so like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. Something got left on the cutting room floor is what oh, happened. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Those editors, they're ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, so, so um, in this chapter... Harry starts out in the hospital wing for a while, recovering, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and has this really awful like when he saw the dementors he heard his mom's last words yeah brutal right (laughs) and and they're just tormenting him yeah and so he's like going back and forth between like reliving hearing his mom's last words Mm -hmm. and voldemort laughing as she died and then like stressing about the fact that he saw the grim Mm. (laughs) <laughs> and that's just mind. awful like yeah. the 13 year old kids should not have to deal with this my goodness yeah but he was actually okay chilling in the hospital wing this time around um yeah no no dobby waking him up in the middle of the night to tell him he needs to go home mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he healed up in a few days because they can do that so malfoy's whole arm thing is still just a, a crock of crap <sighs> Um, and so then they go to Defense Against the Dark Arts and Lupin's back and he tells them, don't worry about that essay that Snape assigned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not his class. I'll talk to him. Don't worry about it. Yep. Um, and then he holds Harry back and like has a little heart to heart with him mm-hmm. because he is Harry's school counselor. <laughs> and it's like, how you doing? Heard about the game. What's up, buddy? How, how you doing? And Harry has the, a once again tells an adult he's like he's getting so much better i why why do they bother me so much and Mm -hmm. lupin actually has an answer and not like a dumbledore level answer (laughs) but like a legitimate like you have lived through horrors yeah lupin's really cool i hope they don't kill him um because like man they really just need a defense against dark archer art teacher that sticks around I hope it's Lupin, <laughs> but there's going to be the whole thing with him being a werewolf and there's going to be a whole witch hunt and it's going to be a whole thing. But I really hope at the end of the day, they're like, ah, oh, we still love you. You werewolf son of a gun. 
Uh, you shaggy dog. You shaggy dog, you. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. It. I, so, Dementor training. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think uh, fends off a Dementor? Or perhaps defeats a Dementor? Or Silvery stuff. Which I hope are like little rays of hope. Who <laughs> 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 made all your hopes and dreams toward him? Sunshine, sunshine. <laughs> it's just like ah. <laughs> um, so it could be that. <laughs> Even though I, I feel like they kind of feed on hope because they pull it out of people. So maybe it's like the opposite of hope. Maybe it's like antipathy. Um, yeah, they feed on hurt. They takes stoicism it's like using the force yeah uh so most of this chapter Mm. is just exposition yeah so much of it such exposition oh i don't think uh much background i think this map's gonna stick around for a few books though i i think this map is like invisibility cloak important and and the second I like kind of saw what the map was capable of, I'm like, yeah, she's gonna need this for a few books, <laughs> like, it, because I'm so the invisibility cloak and now the Marauder's map are tools that it's like, so she doesn't have to constantly write about them sneaking, 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 sneaking these close incidents with the teachers, like, in the same way that we need to get the sorting hat ceremony out of the way and the whole first week out of the way, we need to get that whole sneaking around thing out of the way. Um, and this just reduces that a little bit more. They're still going to need to plan ahead, still going to need to pull it off. But now it's more like a well-planned heist instead of this, like, anything could happen. Now it's like, okay, we need to get them from point A to point B. Let's get them there a bit quicker. So I mean, we can and actually... they need to be better at it. They need they to need... learn somehow. Yeah. And them having just, like, heist awareness mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. is too much to ask of 13 year olds in a lot of ways yeah in a magical castle that changes at all times yeah so this is a great way to kind of get around that it's a great writing tool not exposition tool but it's it's a great this is going to come in handy for the next four books do you think um hermione suggests that harry should give it up yeah no way (laughs) do i know that he like we both know he won't but do you think he should no no, no, no. He's shown time and time again that apparently he's the only one who can figure this stuff out. Because he doesn't tell an adult. <laughs> like, he's the only one operating with all the information because he keeps it so close. And it's worked. <laughs> it's worked for him so far. He's bumped into Voldemort twice. <laughs> like, and defeated him twice. I, all I'm saying is the teachers are, like, incompetent. Like, he's <laughs> done so much. The teachers are there to, like, get him out of the scrape. But, like, for the most part, he's... They're sitting here like, I don't really know how to teach defense against the dark arts, so we're just gonna like let him do some stuff and he'll learn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Throw him in the deep end. We're we'll fine. It out. Yeah. It's a it's this whole thing where you know apparently apparently everything was just fine at Hogwarts for years and years and years, and then Harry Potter came around, all this stuff started happening. And uh so I'd say, yeah, Harry should probably keep all the tools that he has. And and honestly, like, if Dumbledore doesn't have something like this, if if Dumbledore is somehow like less powerful or crippled because he doesn't have something like the Marauder's Map, that's on him, man. He should figure that out. If he doesn't have some sort of map of Hogwarts, bro, that's your failing. 
That's your problem. You we, that we've out. already been over the fact that they apparently don't believe in maps at Hogwarts. So this is true. This is true. And it's the and uh, I mean we haven't been over whether the teachers or Dumbledore have a map, but isn't it funny that the people who actually went out of the way to make this very useful, helpful map were the troublemakers? <laughs> I mean, really. It's, that's why you always bet on the hackers, Alyssa. Always yeah. bet on the hackers. The troublemakers are the ones who usually have all their crap together. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we have an organized plan. We're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Always bet on the hackers. Always bet on the iceberg. Always bet on the Weasley twins. Yep. Anytime someone says, eh, it's not going to be fine, or it's, it's fine, it's secure, it's safe, it's an unsinkable. No, 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 no. Always bet against that. Is a Weasley twin safe? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not quite. But apparently sure they, uh, could, they could take that down. Apparently the Weasley twins are maybe only as mischievous, maybe not even quite as mischievous as Harry's dad, though. And Sirius Black. Apparently they yeah, give him they, a run for the money. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? Eh, you know. Mischief maker James Potter. It would make a bit more sense why Snape had it out for Harry. Because he's like, ugh, you're just like your dad, and your dad was a big thorn to my side. Even though I figured they'd be about the same age. But if Snape was like a, you know, stick to the book Percy type, which it kind of seems like he may have been, then yeah, Harry would kind of be, you know, or sorry, Harry's dad would kind of be like the anti-Snape in that like, yeah, he gets all this special treatment, even though he's just a big mischief maker and he doesn't do his homework as much and he doesn't pay as close attention, but the teachers all like him. And uh, there could have been jealousy and resentment starting with his dad and that fed into Harry Potter because he sees the exact same qualities yeah, and there's that. I mean, teachers always have that fondness for the like class cl- class clown, mm-hmm. smart troublemaker. Like, yeah. there's that concern that teachers have of like, mm, you're maybe not on the right track to like graduate. Yeah, but if they're smart, you're like, ah, oh, well, just like show up for your tests, dude. I that's... do do the bare minimum of the work so mm-hmm. you can go out into the world and do what you really want to do. Yeah, dude, I've had teachers. Not not to say that I was the smart, fun kid, whatever, but, like, I, I know that I've had teachers who just, like, liked me and were rooting for me and looked the other way on, like, some big stuff. Like, no lie. Like, there were photography classes where it's, like, the final was to take a bunch of photos for, like, a specific subject, and I, like, did a painting instead because I didn't know how to take the photos and I didn't get it and I wasn't interested, so I just did a painting that did the same thing. And I, like, got, like, 100% on it. I'm just like, okay. Is this college or high school? This is college. Yikes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. It's little stuff like that, and the teacher is just like, you know, you really conveyed the point. It was a self-portrait. That's what it was. That was, like, the final thing is, like, a self-portrait. Because, you know, that's the thing about photography is, like, there's so much that can be a self-portrait. You know, you could take a picture of an umbrella, and be like, yeah, this is me for these reasons. I don't know. I feel like I'm always getting rained on. <laughs> so I just did like a painting. <laughs> and he's like, close enough. Uh, Tis an image. Yeah. It works. <laughs> he's also one of those like stoner type teachers where it's just like, you know. Anyway, um, so it's, I, I get it. Uh, I, so all that to say, James and Sirius were pals. Good pals, troublemakers probably uh Sirius probably either wants this map or has another map like this did it say when the map was made i don't think so i have a feeling james and Sirius probably had this map because it was confiscated from someone maybe it was confiscated from those guys could have been 
No, no date. Purveyors of aids to the magical mischief makers. Mm-hmm. And proud to present the Marauder's Map. Yeah, I feel like uh, Sirius and James probably had this and used it, and he probably wants it and uses it again. That's the only thing that makes me doubt that it'll be around, is Sirius is going to somehow like steal it, or get his hands on it, or want it, or something like that. Um, just because it'd be really handy for him to have. I wouldn't be... Okay, let me put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if the map went missing at one mm. point in the book. Fair. Yeah. Because it'd be very, very helpful for Sirius. And then Harry would have to be like, well, do I tell an adult? Because if Sirius has this, that's a pretty big liability. Like, we, all of us are now targets. Yeah. He knows. He now knows where all of us are at all times. That's a big problem. So I could definitely see that as a plot point in this, where it's like Marauder's Map goes missing. Does he tell anyone? Because he he's not supposed to have it. He could be in huge trouble for having it. And Gryffindor can lose a lot of points. House Cup, da da. Who's to say that he's not supposed to have it though? I mean, it was just given to him by some other students. Yeah. Somebody would get it. It would be enough that Harry Potter would stress out about with it. the right teacher. And if he told, like, if he went to Dumbledore and said, "Hey, like," mm-hmm. well, for one, if he gave it to Dumbledore outright, oh yeah, no points galore, probably, uh, or or if not point, well, he's Harry Potter points. points galore, points galore, yeah. <laughs> Especially after Ron burned he's fifty like, points for throwing like a horse heart at somebody. <laughs> what was it? Um, <laughs> remember that <laughs> it was like that scene from a scene from a oh that movie with the horse head godfather anyway um and then if if it had gone missing and harry told dumbledore like hey i had this thing mm-hmm. it's gone now yeah he'd i be think it might have been taken i don't think it would be like detention level trouble or points lost level trouble it would be like, Harry could easily play it off as, like, I only had it for a week. Like, I didn't even know what to do with it. And... No, huge trouble. Huge trouble. I think they'd be like, we'll talk about this when we get this all sorted out. And it'd be yeah. a huge thing to where it's like, you know what, man? You can't have any more magical items without telling us. That breaks some sort of code of conduct. Da, da, da. I don't. I, I think you're you're uh, imbuing too much um, li- li- responsibility on Harry in this. Mm. I'm not. I'm not sure the teachers. I think the teachers would be glad to have the information. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't think they would punish him for revealing the information. Hmm. I have a strange feeling we're going to have this exact same conversation in like five chapters. <laughs> because this is a. It's too powerful of a thing to come up to not. Uh, obviously, this map's very important. I don't. Maybe at one point we'll see a new dot pop up that's serious black, and they're gonna be like, "Oh no, panic!" <laughs> now, now do we tell an adult, "Hey, we have this map. They're serious." <laughs> then they might be a little bit happy. But uh, anyway, um, so we find out. Um, so Harry goes through the uh, one-eyed witch's hump to um, Honeydukes, <laughs> and. Uh, Bumps into Ron and Hermione, and they Mm -hmm. go to the Three Broomsticks Mm -hmm. and end up listening to um, McGonagall, Flitwick, Hagrid, and Fudge. Tell the waitress a lot. Madame Rosemurda so much information. So much. Like, makes me wonder (laughs) if... I mean, Fudge did keep some information in. I know. Yeah. 
but for the most part, well, and and like I was trying to gauge like who was talking the most, mm-hmm. and it was mostly Fudge and Hagrid. Yeah, and I get Hagrid because you've already set him up to be someone who talks when he drinks. <laughs> yep, and he had four meads in front of him, but. Fudge, the person who is desperately trying to get his country not to panic, is just spouting information. In the middle of a pretty busy pub place, in the middle of like a break when everyone is there, it's packed, it's crowded, crowded, crowded. And like dementors are patrolling every night, so spirits are down. Yeah. And there's no... There's got to be, there's, no, there's what, a barrier that can stop people from hearing your conversation, You right? would think McGonagall would be like, like, <laughs> pardon me, excuse my challenging this, Yeah. but should we be talking about this here? Yeah. So frankly. And I mean, I get the sense that they trust Rose Murda. Yeah, they've known her for years, and she already knows a little bit. And she, like, she knew James and Sirius and Peter. Yeah, that's true. Like Peter. she, she remembers he was the, the guy who Sirius killed. Oh yeah, gotcha. And she talks about oh yeah that 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 little one who is following him around all the time. Mm. Um, Colin Creevy type. Yeah. Yeah. Strong creepy vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I just. I buy some of it. I buy some of that exposition as semi-natural because Hagrid. Yeah. The fudge parts I struggle with because there's so much. And I I like that they're talking to Madame Rose Murda. Mm -hmm. Not because I believe that they should be telling Madame Rose Murda this, but because they're telling someone a story who maybe doesn't have all the details. Yeah. So that helps. Whereas the, the Weasley argument earlier in the book... Like, you could easily redact half of that, and it would still make sense to the people who are arguing. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, she maybe needs some of that ground laying, and Fudge maybe is enjoying the storytelling aspect of, I'm yeah. going to paint the full picture. Yeah. But it's still really felt exposition-y to me. Yeah. I don't think this is a bad chapter. I don't think it's even written sloppily. No, I, I yeah, I would, I would put it... Um, it's just middle of the road as far as how great exposition really can be. Yeah. But definitely better than Harry randomly flies off into the Forbidden Forest and overhears Coral and Snape fighting in... Oh, so much better than that. <laughs> far and away better than that. So much better than that. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, that was such bad exposition. Oh, that was so bad. So this is a little bit better than that, especially because there is the payoff of the very end where... Ron and Hermione are peeking under the table, and they just have just nothing to say. What do you What do you say after that? <laughs> what do you really like? <sighs> yeah, it it was could have been way worse. She's getting way better at this whole exposition thing. Um, covered a lot of ground. Yeah, Sirius was their secret keeper, and apparently, you shouldn't have a secret keeper. Is kind of the notion, or you shouldn't. They shouldn't have had Sirius as their secret keeper. It felt like there was some weird thing about, like, don't do that. Like, What do you mean? Uh, I'm trying to think of the exact... Like like someone argued otherwise? Yeah, I thought there was some mention of... Was it, was it Peter who wanted it? Mm. Or no, Dumbledore. Someone said Dumbledore should do it. Yeah, someone said Dumbledore should be their secret keeper. 
And then Sirius fought for it, and they said, well, Sirius would rather die than yeah. give up their whereabouts. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Like, and Dumbledore's too important to lose. So, hmm. so there are a couple of things here in this question, then. Um, one, why, how are the Potters so important why were the Potters so important that they needed a secret, a secret keeper? Mm. Did everyone have a secret keeper? Did Dumbledore have a secret keeper? Oh, Dumbledore totally has a secret keeper. Of his whereabouts? Was he essentially in hiding and no one could see him unless a secret keeper had told? Um... Like, that is a high level of security. Why on the Potters? Hmm. Two... Oh, I had another question. What was it? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, two would be... Um, this is arguing that Sirius sold out to the Dark Lord or was seduced to the dark side. Mm-hmm. What's Harry going to do with this information? Hmm. So why does all of this matter? So first of all, why are the Potters... Why would they need... How, how, why did they have such a high level of security? Um, it it seems I mean they're they're like younger than us in this war. How are they a level of power or importance to need that? Well, I'm assuming others around them in their same age group and stuff like that were getting killed. I guess because the Dark Lord had already kind of started his whole thing, and they're kind of starting to notice a trend of like these types of people are getting killed, and I think you know. I guess there's kind of like a Holocaust comparison of like, well, if you tick a lot of the boxes of all the neighbors that keep mysteriously disappearing, maybe step up some security, you know, maybe, maybe have a contingency plan. It's Um, just, it just doesn't seem like a, like they were, they, they seemed to me that they were foot soldiers in this, that they were, they were fighting this war. Oh, well, if that's the case, then, well, because they're fighting this war, so someone's going to come for them. I mean, but it also seems like that's a like you can't have that high of security on your foot soldiers. So the security being that they have a secret keeper. Yeah, I mean that that level that charm is like you can be staring through the window. Oh, uh, of a house that they are in, and if you have not been informed by the secret keeper, you will not see them. Whoa, really? That's Fudge said this. Did you not read it? <laughs> I guess I didn't understand like the implications. He of explains it. the Fidelius charm. Let me see if I can find it. Like fidelity, get it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, love, I love the, the names of these curses or the spells. Mm. Remember that one naysayer when Harry fell off his broom and they knew it was a serious injury, but the guy's like, "But he didn't even break his glasses." <laughs> And we're going to be like, oh, because there's the impervious spell on it. That was last chapter. Um, Anyway. So, yeah, like, he was sure, um, he, James Potter, was sure that somebody close to the Potters, or or Dumbledore, I think it was Dumbledore, was sure that somebody close to the Potters had been keeping, you know, who informed of their movements. Hmm. So why was he... Man. Why Why were they being informed? Okay. Um, And then barely a week after the Fidelius charm had been performed... Oh, that's not the... 
Hmm. Oh, it's an immensely complex spell involving the magical concealment of a, sec- of a secret inside a single living soul. The information is hidden inside the chosen person or secret keeper and is henceforth impossible to find. Unless, of course, the secret keeper chooses to divulge it. As long as the secret keeper refused to speak, you know who could search the village where Lily and James were staying for years and never find them. I do Not even that. if he had his nose pressed against their sitting room window. Okay, like, I do that. Is that. intense. Yeah. That's a very, very powerful charm. I think it must and- be they reported directly to Dumbledore, so they must have... They must have been generals in the fight somehow. And was it? And and I guess it, it could have just been that if someone was telling Voldemort where they were, mm-hmm. they could be the same level of, of importance as anyone. But there's information. There's intel on these two people, so yeah. we need to protect them. Yeah. Versus other soldiers, generals, whatever. Yep. Are well concealed because they don't have a mole. Yeah, it could be that. And and it just you know, they they catch wind that Voldemort's on their scent and yeah they do something about it. I don't know. I don't know. That is an interesting, very powerful spell that even Voldemort couldn't see them. I wonder. Uh, I think Dumbledore couldn't either. This kind of does come back to at the end of the day. So so at one point McGonagall pulls Harry aside and says, "I need to tell you something. Sirius is coming for you." And Harry again is like, "No, no, you don't. I heard it. I heard it." don't need to go through this conversation again which again thank you joanne for getting us out of that conversation twice thanks weasleys thanks weasleys for getting us out of the conversation your exposition he fights yeah one conversation to avoid two others that's, that's pretty good yeah very efficient <laughs> three um, for the price of one <laughs> but so why is voldemort going after the potters why is sirius still going after harry i feel like this question still isn't actually answered why harry specifically i what? Why? Why? F- Fudge's, Just finishing the job? Fudge's argument was finishing the job and vengeance. Vengeance. Like you you killed my master. Yeah. You yeah. killed my father, prepare to die. My name is Amigo. Amigo Montoya. <laughs> you killed my father. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. But coming that, after Harry Potter specifically. I mean, but that's Fudge's theory. Is yeah. Fudge right? How does anyone know that he's coming after Harry at all? Was he like in his cell writing Harry all over the walls like that episode of Sherlock? Uh, it was the the muttering he's at Hogwarts. Oh, yep. There we go. Yeah, that's what it was. But hmm. the, all he said was he's at Hogwarts. Could be anyone. Hagrid's at Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Dumbledore's at Hogwarts. Yeah, so I don't know what to make of this chapter. There's a lot to unpack there. A lot to do. Uh, a lot of exposition. Snape's at Hogwarts. Apparently, uh, <laughs> Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. As soon as he starts liking Dumbledore, he's going to be forced to kill him. It's going to be so sad. Mm. Mm. And then and then uh, the owl's going to bust in and be like, no, and then I'll execute Snape. <laughs> Lightning. <laughs> Which may or may not affect him more or less if he's on a broom. <laughs> <laughs> again we're waiting and we're really <laughs> trying to figure this out <laughs> that's the real question um so my other question was what will harry do with this information shoot i don't know See, uh, like everyone's this. been telling him don't go after serious black mm-hmm. this is a... is he gonna go after serious black well i mean like i said like what what would it take for harry to go after him 
Meh, something to do with his parents. <laughs> well, here it is. Here it is. Something to do with his parents. Really vengeance driven. Mm, yeah. But Ron is. Ron's Mr. I'm gonna cut up all of your uh all all of your beetles into poorly chopped things and give them to Malfoy because you're terrible to me. But Harry hasn't proven to be vengeance driven. Yeah, but I think hearing and being haunted by the sound of his mother dying <laughs> might kick that in a little bit. You know, he's had a lot to he's had a lot to think on now that he can like vividly picture and remember and has the context of the scene like most of why harry was apparent like seemingly ambivalent to all of this parents dying not being vengeance about it is because he was kept in the dark about it i mean he was furious when he found out that his parents were killed and didn't die in a car crash he was very upset um and i think now that this is gonna come in yeah he's gonna be pretty upset i think if he can get a piece of serious black he's gonna do it and I think when it comes down to that little serious dot popping up on his map, I think he's going to be real tempted to kind of go scope it out himself before talking to an adult. Because, you know, he defeated Voldemort twice, so... <laughs> I don't know. I think there is the whole being haunted by the voice of his mother, the whole knowing everything that happened and what role Sirius Black played in it might kick him over to the vengeance side. We'll see. Um Yeah. It it might, but it, do you think he'll like seek him out? I think this only or <laughs> the I think the book is just pointing in one direction. I guess Marauder's Map dot appears Sirius Black Harry has to make the decision. Now what? So I I guess my question is who will find who first? Mm. Like is it like if Sirius Black is truly seeking Harry out and and will Harry also seek Sirius out and will it just be a race to who? Who has the aha moment? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Are they both going to get there in the same time and go, aha, I found you! No, I found you first! <laughs> and Hagrid's going to be like standing there with a dead chicken like, what's happening right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, darn basilisks. Darn basilisks. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it is going to be something like that. Where Harry's just can't quite help himself when he sees that dot pop up because we know he's not going to talk to an adult. It's pretty easy to find someone when they're also trying to find you. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but I mean, if he if he thinks that Sirius doesn't know he's around, he's like, well, we could just spy on him. We could just see what he's doing. They're probably going to track his movements for like a day or two and then be like, I just can't take it. We need to go do something. But we can't tell about this map because then we'll be in huge trouble. And then there's a werewolf in there somewhere. Somewhere there's a werewolf. Suddenly werewolf. Suddenly werewolf. So <laughs> there's this whole, there's this whole, you know, you can see the layers forming now. And um, I like where it's going. I have no idea how it's all going to add up. I mean, there's going to be the false flag of the werewolf. There's going to be the false flag of Hagrid, which you just reminded me of. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, there's going to be that whole angle too. Uh, we'll bounce back and forth, back and forth. Sirius Black's going to somehow get in. They're going to see his dot appear. What do we do? Probably get the gang together and go track him down. With Hedwig. With the lightning. No, wait. Not till book six. Five? What did we say? Anyway. Yeah. So, anyway, those are my guesses. I think I said five. You said seven? Six or seven. Listen. I think you said, like... Listeners can tell That's us. the end. Like... Oh, yeah. Like, you can't get any higher than shooting lightning out of an owl. So I mean, at that point, that I'm seems just gonna, like a good peak. I'm going to close the book and just be like, well, it was good. It was good. 
and lightning struck from Hedwig's butt. (laughs) Where does the lightning come from on this owl? (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. I don't know if I... The unmentionable parts. (laughs) I don't think owls have a cloaca, do they? I don't know what that is. I don't want to know. I don't oh, want to know. It's a... Don't educate me. I don't want to know. It's a... Okay. Let, leave it in mystery. Mm. Well, yeah, don't Google it at work. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what else do we need to cover with this chapter? That should, that should be about it, right? Oh, I feel like I should cover this last base just, just in case, just so if this happens... I can say at the end of the book, like, well, I did present it as an option. Um, what if Sirius Black is, like, totally innocent? <laughs> like, what if this whole thing was actually somebody else? He's being framed. He actually did keep the secret. And it turned out that it was the other guy who actually betrayed them somehow. The one that was cast as the hero that got blown up. What if he was oh, somehow... Peter? Peter, yeah. What if Peter was somehow Voldemort somehow and Peter wasn't the good... Scrawny, wimpy dude? Yeah, what if it turns out he was he was the bad guy that betrayed him or something like that? Like, I, do you I think just it's to, do you think it's possible? I just not possible, to, but do you think that's what it is? You know, when it turns out the diary was Voldemort, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's possible. Not not do not do I think it's possible? Not do you think it's possible? I know I asked I asked that, but yeah. do you think that's what it is? Why did they give that guy a name? What was his name? Peter. Peter. They gave him a name. They talked about him. They built him up as a hero. Anytime she gives someone a name and talks him up as a hero, that is a potential thing. Again, with the lavender thing again. And and, and I'm not saying, okay, I'm not saying this is likely. I'm really not. But like long shot. That's, that's what I'm asking you. Do you think this is actually it? Do I think it's actually it? I'll give it like... Ten to fifteen percent odds that this is actually it. Like fifteen percent possible, eighty-five percent something else. Yeah. Okay. But but it's like it's in there. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm absolutely like anything is possible. Yeah. But it's not it's not like a hundred to one. Like nope, there's actually a decent chance that it that somehow this whole thing somehow somehow everybody was told the story of the survivors and the witnesses and the muggles and you know. There's memory charms. There's all sorts of stuff that could have been done. It could have been this whole thing happened. They framed it. Everybody put it on Sirius Black, and the and it was actually somebody else. And Sirius Black went to Azkaban, and he got put away. And he just wants to come and clear his name somehow. Yeah, if that's the if that's the case, what's Sirius doing? Yeah, that's a good question. Is it, well, I guess it's possible it's not Sirius Black there, and he it's, just broke out. Yeah, it could be that it's not Sirius Black at all. It, it you know it could be lots of things but i'm just going to put it out as a moonshot as something that is possible specifically because we were given a name we were given a heroic story of this guy that was a very good guy but they build him up and they give him a name and they have this whole downfall thing maybe this whole story was perhaps he's laying the groundwork for neville longbottoming (laughs) yep yep the scrawny guy you don't believe in can be the hero yeah yeah (laughs) So I'm just going to throw it out there. Maybe this whole serious black thing, huge misunderstanding, huge case of whoever the bad guy is managed to do enough memory charms, managed to do enough tricks that everybody puts it on serious. And in the end, it wasn't actually serious. 
that was a turncoat that was a traitor it was somebody else i'm just gonna throw it out there because i feel like that needs to be thrown out there after that last twist that caught me completely by surprise no 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 want to cover my bases could completely not be serious black at all could be some other guy so suddenly anyway. hagrid suddenly hagrid somehow <laughs> yeah so anyway thought i'd cover that base uh favorite quotes favorite quotes cool uh yours is before mine so what what, what was yours mm. what page did i put 185 185 mm-hmm. so my favorite quote was on page 185 i think i just liked oh that is 285 i do not want to read that at all <laughs> i just liked it um the way that joanne put us in the classroom when lupin came back and just like conveyed the madness that ensued so clearly um so professor lupin was back at work there's an explosion of complaints about snape's behavior while lupin had been ill uh it's not fair we don't know anything about werewolves and someone someone unnamed is like two rolls of parchment and then did you know snape hasn't covered them yet Lupin asked, frowning, and the babble broke out again. Yes, but we were really behind. We couldn't listen. Two rolls of parchment. <laughs> it's like someone in the background is like really trying to convey like, it's like two rolls it's like of parchment. Someone saying like 13 page term paper. Yeah. Like yeah. unacceptable. Just, yeah. I just love the callback to that. If someone in the background is like two rolls of parchment, like please, the humanity. Yeah. I just love that. I love that. I read that and I actually cracked up because I'm like, <laughs> that is just, I can, there's got to be one of those students that's just like two rolls, two rolls apart. Can't do it. Can't. can't do it. I can't. This is where I draw the line. It's not two in me. Two rolls. <laughs> so that was mine. That was yours. I realized I had two in this. Oh, man. Mm. Oh, but one I kind of just wanted to talk about and we didn't. So I wonder. Hmm. Mm. Okay, I, I'm going to do both because I'm that way today. Sure. Um, on page 187, mm. it's when Harry and Lupin are talking about the Dementors and all of that. And there's this weird moment where, like, Lupin's talking to him about, like, why the Dementors affect him. And then, and then there's this pause. And then he goes more into, like, here's what a Dementor is and exposition. Mm-hmm. But it's broken up rather than this huge long paragraph of just dementor explanation Mm -hmm. with this one moment and it's a ray of wintry sunlight fell across the classroom illuminating lupin's gray hairs and the lines on his young face yeah lines on his young face i remember reading that and it was like it was that struck me as so curious like Mm. why are you giving us this detail here and now Mm. and good question I thought it might have to do with, like, it, it makes him more empathetic. It shows, like, he's, he's a young dude. Yeah. But he's been through things. Yeah. And he's talking about, Harry, you have greater horrors in your life. And he can acknowledge that. And he can deal with Harry more empathetically than we have seen anyone ever deal with him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because... He's seen horrors, too. Yeah, yeah. He's been horrors. 
Yeah. And yeah. and it's I don't know. It it was so curious and it, and it just such a strange moment and and I I had to read it a couple of times to sort of piece together like why are you telling me this now? Hmm. Why are you painting this picture now? And it it could also just be like she didn't want to dump exposition. No, I think you're about right. dementors. I I think you've nailed it though. It, yeah. it was so interesting. And it, like it, it it really hit me the first time I read it. Um and then the next the other quote is on the next page on 188 and it's he's Lupin's talking about Azkaban. And you know, Harry just said, "Man, it must be terrible there with all those dementors." And Lupin says, the fortress is set on a tiny island way out to sea, but they don't need walls and water to keep the prisoners in, not when they're all trapped inside their own heads, incapable incapable of a single cheerful thought. Hmm. And I just, that's a horrifying picture of you're imprisoned, but the prison isn't the building. It's your mind. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just, she's Joanna's created such a horrible place yeah. to convict people and keep them. It's her own Arkham Asylum, for sure. It's it's interesting. Um, I, I don't think this will hurt for you to know this, mm-hmm. that at the time that she was writing this book, Joanne was struggling quite a bit with depression. Mm-hmm. And the Dementors were absolutely like, she was trying to create something to personify depression hmm. and it's just like oh yeah, yeah and you're creating a prison where just depression preys on you that's yeah that's pretty rough <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh so hmm. on that note it's yeah. nice and heavy and dark yeah those are my favorite quotes cool i uh that quote that you brought about on 187 mm-hmm made it did make me think i'm like casting lupin's gonna be real tricky <laughs> um, yeah who do you think I, anyone I, you know no one that i know no i don't i don't know names of actors very well but it does make me think right because you've never seen any movies ever that's right <laughs> but i have strong opinions about all of them but you've skipped through all of them <laughs> skipped through i've seen five minutes of every every movie ever most horror movies babadook was great <laughs> Pepidook, completely underrated. Uh, <laughs> Those five minutes were mm, gold. Stellar. <laughs> um, it reminded me, though, of, of how, in my mind, Mark Ruffalo's casting as the Hulk, mm-hmm. in my mind, is perfect casting. Of all the castings they've done with the Hulk, you know, Edward Norton, that one other one that I don't want to talk about. Um, I feel like... Edward Norton was pretty good. I liked Edward Norton. But Ruffalo's the first one to really sell me on someone who is burdened and who yeah. like genuinely has that weight but has that sharp mind and that engaging mind and he loves talking about this stuff but that he just has this weight on him like mm-hmm. in my mind ruffalo is the perfect hulk cast uh and i mean whatever i I don't know enough about these things to really speak on it but like in in the same way that ruffalo handles this weight and is supposed to be a lot younger than he looks you know he's supposed to be like not a, not an old character, but they kind of cast someone who's a little bit gray, a little bit weathered, a little bit like just kind of has a furrowed brow and this weight on his shoulders. I feel like they need to do the same thing with Lupin. They need to get that Mark Ruffalo cast in there. Not not the actual Mark Ruffalo, but 
someone of that equivalent where it's like they just are very good at having that heavy set brow of like just a little bit of concern on their faces at all times mm -hmm. and like a little bit of like checking for exits every time they're in a room even though they're a nice warm character i don't know it's gonna be tough to cast him who do you think uh, who did they cast is it too early to ask that <laughs> I, I don't think it hurts anything and we'll see the movie right oh yeah yeah maybe oh, it'll yeah. change and i already have a pretty clear idea of how he looks in my head so i don't think it'll change that um it's the same guy who um spoiler alert for mm -hmm. wonder woman mm. skip ahead 30 seconds if and you haven't seen mm -hmm. uh it's chris pine <laughs> uh I'm it's kidding. it's the guy who plays aries <laughs> except for he looks way less ridiculous in okay. the harry potter movies no no mustache no well he well he does have he's scruffy but not like the manicured uh, British mustache. You know who I had pictured in my head? Um, um, David Thewlis. Yeah, so yeah, I, it's something like that. He's who, he he does a, he, as I recall, he does a good job. Who I had in my head was um, the head of Scotland Yard from the new Sherlock series. Not new, but oh yeah, he would have done really well. Especially when this movie was made, what fifteen years ago, when he wasn't full silver. Because in Sherlock, he's he's got quite a bit of gray. I don't know. I really like that character in Sherlock. Yeah, he Detective. did really, really well. Yeah. Uh, but him, 15 years ago, I think would have been a perfect cast. Lestrade. Lestrade. There we go. Yeah, whoever acted Rup Lestrade. Rupert Graves. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. that's When I picture him in my head, it's a young Rupert Graves. Yeah. Uh, with just a little bit of gray poking through, but not quite, he's not quite Silver Fox yet. Oh, hmm. he's in V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He was, I uh... don't remember who he is in that. Uh, he was one of the good cops. Kind of. I don't remember. Well, not really a cop, either. He was the one that saw V on the train and let him go. Mm. I need to rewatch V for yeah. Vendetta. Yeah. Especially in these dark times. I've seen that one, like, 11 times, 12 times. Anyway. Anyway. So we're, we're through all the movie spoilers that are unrelated to Harry Potter. <laughs> Yep, and I think we're through with the chapter, too. We're yeah. Definitely, definitely running against the time. Uh, dude, this was good, though. Good yeah. talk. Good chapters. Oof, meaty. Oof. I was, I'm was. i so excited. Meaty. Now, like, Marauder's Map is is strong canon. Like, And I finally know what people are talking about when they say, you know, I solemnly swear I'm up to no good and, like, mm -hmm. mischief managed and stuff. I'm like, oh. Uh, so, so many. We Got unlocked it. so many... Uh, you leveled up today, I think. <laughs> I think so. I think so. A lot of stuff fell into place. Like I said, Marauder's Map, huge. Very necessary for the next four books to actually be possible. And it gives me a little bit of hope that Joanne actually sees all of the all of the redundancies that are possible in her book. And she's like, all right, we need to do something about this. We need to nip this right in the bud. No more sorting ceremony. No more all this. No more this. Marauder's Map, great. Which is like awesome. Now we can really get some storyline going, really get some stuff, and and no longer, you know, oh no, what if we get caught? Oh, fifty points from Gryffindor. Oh shoot, because it's like I don't care. Let, <laughs> let's get let's let's tell the story. Let's figure out where this is going. So, anyway, thanks so much. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of us and tell us uh, about that whole lightning deal and who you think your perfect cast for um, Lupin Lupin would be. You can do that on Twitter uh, at WordsRoughPod. How else can they get a hold of us? Uh, you can tweet at me, at Alyssa Small, or at Clark, at Clark Hodges. Or you can email us 
uh, at wordstruckpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So thanks so much for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. And we'll catch you again in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.